0: You ready? Yeah. Okay, let's try it again. Hi, my name is Anna, and welcome to the Catholic Homeschool building for moms. It's not a building, love. (laughs) Let's try it one more time. Ready? I liked how you said it. Do it again.
1: Wait, what do I have to say? (laughs) I'm a building (laughs) bar.
0: You don't say building, it's not a building. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, try it again. Hello, I'm Carrie Olvera, the host of Catholic Homeschool Moms. I'm excited to share with you the inspiring journeys told through the perspective of homeschooling moms like us. We'll talk about our Catholic faith, our families, what we've done, and what we've failed to do. Wait, did I just say that out loud? Yes, those obstacles and challenges and how we deal with them are in there too. Head on over to catholichomeschoolmoms.com and see the faces of the women who will inspire you in your homeschooling journey. Sign up for emails and get direct access to the transcripts and links to information shared. Everyone has a story to tell. Share yours, too. Connect with us on our Facebook page, Catholic Homeschool Moms, on Twitter at Catholic Mom, and on Google Plus, Catholic Homeschool Moms. I can't wait to meet you! Today I am talking to Ginny Coches. She's a Catholic wife, homeschooling mom of three, and teaching writer from the Northern Virginia area. She writes about Catholic womanhood, gifted and twice exceptional homeschooling, and family literacy on her blog, Not So Formulaic. She's also a contributing writer at Catholic Mom, Everyday Ediths, The Mighty, and a Book Shark.
2: Thank you for joining us today, Ginny. Would you mind telling me about yourself and your family life? And- How did you end up coming to homeschooling?
1: Okay, Um, well, let's see. Um, I was a teacher um, before I had children. So I was a high school English teacher um, and I taught in the classroom for about seven years. And um, when my first daughter was born, I decided that I needed to stay home with her. Um, And so I, um, in order to do that, Um, My husband works for um, the Diocese of Arlington. We're in uh, Northern Virginia. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't going to be able to stop working entirely. So I started tutoring from home. I'm a writing teacher. So Mm -hmm. that's part of what I do. You know, I teach writing to homeschool groups and to individuals, you know, in a tutoring kind of environment. Yes, uh, um,
2: at notsoformulaic
1: correct? Yeah, not so formulaic is the name of my blog, which I I blog about a you know a couple of different things: family literacy, Catholic womanhood, you know, authentic femininity, um, and homeschooling, specifically um, homeschooling the gifted and the twice exceptional, which I'll you know kind of explain in a second. But as I I started working with the homeschool population um, through teaching, I really sort of fell in love with. I fell in love with the kids, first of all. You know, yes. the, the the perception is that homeschoolers are weird, you know, and that they're um, unsocialized and bizarre and they don't know how to function. And that wasn't my experience at all with these kids. Um, they were actually nicer and more helpful and, and more involved in their learning than a lot of the kids that I knew in the high school setting, you know, not to say that the kids I taught were bad. No, they weren't. Um, I think the, you know, the environment is just different, you know, and I always sometimes jokingly compare it to like Lord of the flies. (laughs) So like, you know, in a high school, it's sort of like every man for himself. And in a homeschool environment, the kids are more willing to help each other and and work together, Mm -hmm. um, which I really loved. Mm -hmm. Um, and so My, my daughter, you know, we, we had our oldest and then she went off to preschool and then um, our kids are like all four years apart, just how it turned out. Mm -hmm. So, um, when she was getting ready to go into kindergarten, my middle child was around two. We put her in a Catholic school. Um, she, Our oldest is, I guess, well, I'll just say it. Our oldest is gifted. (laughs) I I sometimes hesitate to say it because I think people, there's a tendency to think, oh, well, you know, you're bragging or I'm I'm not. Um, It's actually, it became, um, it became a real difficulty in kindergarten because she went into kindergarten reading at about a sixth grade level. Mm. um, And she was... She was bored. She was headstrong. She was also very um, sensitive to noises and loud situations, large groups, and she was having meltdowns on a daily basis. Pretty much once or twice a week, she ended up in the principal's office. It was just a bad situation, and we, um, through the school's encouragement, we ended up having her evaluated and came up. We, we got um, verification that she was indeed gifted through all the different testing that they did. And they, they labeled her as... Being or having autism being on the spectrum and we they put her under the Asperger's umbrella okay. um, We weren't in agreement with that. I think because we knew what she was like at home, you know, she was very um, She was a social kid at home. She liked being around people. She understood emotions. She was just also very Quiet and intense, and didn't really share a lot of how she was feeling. So when she would have these big feelings and emotions, they would explode, um, and that's where the the meltdowns were coming from. So um, we took her for a second opinion, and long story short, we ended up learning that she has sensory processing mm-hmm. disorder, which does actually put her on the spectrum, but not to the extent that the school system that either her Catholic school or the, the public school who did the testing had indicated. So we decided to pull her out at the end of kindergarten because she basically ended up failing kindergarten, which to us was atrocious because, you know, you can't have a kid who's reading The Hobbit by herself and understanding it in kindergarten, you know, and, and fail. It was hard.
2: <laughs> it reminds me of uh, Einstein. Yeah.
1: That he yeah. failed
2: third grade and his well. Yeah. out.
1: Right. Yeah, and it's that's what I think brought me to. um, Well, it's what brought me to homeschooling, but it's also what brought me to the whole gifted and twice exceptional advocacy that I do. Because when you have a student, when you have a child who does fit the the standard definition of giftedness, which is an IQ above a certain level, Mm -hmm. but that child has difficulty accessing the curriculum, it's generally because there is some sort of underlying issue. Mm -hmm. Um, So for us, it's the sensory processing disorder, which made functioning in a classroom, almost impossible for her. For others, you know, it can be another autism spectrum disorder, some sort of developmental delay. Um, Many gifted kids struggle with dyslexia, dysgraphia, those kinds of things. So that's sort of where I, that's where we started homeschooling. And then um, when our, when our middle child started kindergarten, I decided not to send her to school and just to bring her home as well. And so we're finishing up probably, gosh, Our fourth year. And then my my little guy, he's two and a half. He pretty much just eats crayons and (laughs) gets into things. (laughs) Um, But um, no, but I mean, he's, he's, you know, I am, he's learning by osmosis. He's got his letters. He's got, you know, his numbers. He's picked up a few, like spelling a few words here and there, but just not because I'm trying, just because he's, you know, there and seeing it. So, yeah, that was a very long answer to a short question. Sorry. No,
2: it's, it's worth hearing a good chunk of you. It, it's worth that base. It's really worth hearing mm-hmm. as it shares with us, you know, the history of where you came from, why, you're, mm-hmm. why in homeschooling. Right. So the next question you also answered is how many children do you have? And you have three. I do, yes. And then uh, you just mentioned your ages and years, so you you just essentially answered two of the questions. Oh well, there you go. <laughs> and then also, what led you to homeschooling? Is there? Yeah. What does your schedule look like? So now we're getting into the nitty gritty. What does your schedule look like, and what is the most challenging issue you have faced and overcome? So I think let's go ahead and just start with what does your schedule look like with three little ones? Okay. All four years together, and obviously you have a child who's gifted.
1: Right. So Things there. Yeah, uh, how do you plan your day? Was what is, what is um, it? It's a mess. <laughs> 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 it's not, you know, because I work from home. Um, yes. My professional schedule is um, pretty busy. So, especially this year, I took on way too much because my my freelance writing kind of took off. My blogging took off, and then I ended up um, accepting a, a class out, which in a like at a co op that's about forty minutes from me. Uh-huh. So. Oh, and then I took on two clubs in our homeschool group, Um, you know, like a social. Yeah, I know. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, Obviously, I wasn't thinking. (laughs) So I know I I tried to, you know, Mondays, I pretty much we didn't do anything, you know, and we'll wake up in the morning, depending on what we have going on that day. Mm -hmm. I might give them some free time to themselves in the morning so that I can I seem to write best in the morning um, when I first wake up. Um, And so I try to do that before they get out of bed, but that doesn't always happen. So if I'm working to finish something, they can have some free time. And then what we were doing is we would do, you know, active school between probably like nine and about 1130. And then we'd have lunch and then some activities in the afternoon, either at home or at, you know, out of this, out of the home. And then the afternoon they would spend time with their dad and do free time and things like that but it got to the point where well on Thursdays i had them in a classical hybrid program okay. so they would actually go to school school on Thursdays from 9 to 3 and it was really great for the first 3 years that we did it and then um the 4th year it became really problematic so this year it was kind of a struggle um and i actually ended up just pulling them out um about 2 weeks early oh. because we weren't you know, the kids weren't really learning. I wasn't, we were just slogging from one task to the next. The classroom environment was no longer the right fit for either one of my daughters. You know, both of them are twice exceptional. My oldest, you know, she does, she has the sensory processing disorder. My middle really struggles with anxiety. So we have really smart kids who have a really hard time in the classroom. And while the co-op was Going well initially, there was a change in leadership and things just kind of fell apart. So that's thrown our whole schedule into kind of flux. And what what I'm doing now is we're just kind of trying our hand at unschooling, actually. (laughs) And it's super freeing. I've only been doing it for a week and so far I like it. You know, we're we're just pursuing, you know, whatever it is that strikes our fancy. Like today we went and we're working on a word garden for outside. So we painted rocks and we talked about nouns, verbs and sentence structures and, you know, what we wanted to be able to express through these um, rocks that we were painting. Um, And so, you know, that was really good in the that sense, um, and so now we're just kind of going with the flow. And um, I think I am. You know, I do like having them in outside activities. Fortunately, our area is full of opportunities for homeschoolers. We I live in a super homeschool-friendly area. Um, So on Tuesday afternoons, they go to a local, like a dance studio. And well, it's an art studio, basically. Um, They have music, theater, and um, dance instruction um, with other homeschoolers. So they have a metropolitan, it's Metropolitan School of the Arts. It's their homeschool art program. Oh, wow. Um, So they're there. Yeah, they're there on Tuesdays from like noon to three. And then on Fridays, we have our our parish homeschool group has activities in the morning. So it got to the point where I had to sort of say, you know what, I, I have to say no, because we were out of the house more than we were home. Nobody was really benefiting. I mean, we're still doing the art program. We're still doing the Friday activities, but I had to let go of the co-op, but that's where we are
2: right now. You know, it'd be interesting to see you, you uh, just made a switch for your family. It'd be interesting yeah. to see where you are, what you think of unschooling, if you're going to continue with that, see what it looks like in a year, What how, how it would change, because I mean, people go through phases. It's mm-hmm. not,
1: this is not out of the ordinary by any means. What is the most challenging issue that you have faced and overcome? Well, I think two things. Um, The first is the twice exceptionality, which I mentioned before. That's been huge for us. I think, um, you know, when you have a child who can't really function in a classroom environment, you know, what do you do? I never, you know, I never anticipated being a homeschooler. I didn't, I mean, I was a teacher, a classroom teacher. I assumed my kids would go to school. And then, you know, I, I have an older sister who homeschools well, she's, she's actually almost done. Most of her kids are already finished and graduated. But at the time, you know, I thought, gosh, that's amazing. That's not for me. You know, I can't, I can't do that. And then yet, you know, here I, here I, so I think, you know, the challenge was, was seeing my oldest crying herself to sleep at night and knowing that she was miserable every day. And then with my, my middle child, she, she, Her anxiety, I mean, she's she's a great kid. She loves people. She's very social. She begs me all the time to send her to school. But I know that if I did, I would be coming to pick her up like every single day because she, there we can't go outside on days when it's cloudy because she worries about the weather. You know, sometimes there was, she went through a phase where we couldn't go outside when it was windy because she was afraid that we'd get blown away. I mean, she was a little younger. It is paralyzing for her. And I have to be really careful about what I say. And how I say it, because even cliches or figures of speech, uh, I'm trying to think of one, but one that would, to us, we would think, oh, that's no big deal. She freaks out, you know. What happened? What do you mean? What are you talking about? And if I had her in a school environment, she would run into that all the time. Mm. That's the first thing. That's the first struggle. And the second challenge or difficulty, I think, just in running a homeschool successfully has been the fact that I have to work um, and that I have to work from home, trying to balance my professional life with my homeschool life. You know, and fortunately, my kids are really supportive of it. You know, my oldest, especially, she, she reads my blog, She loves my blog posts. I keep asking her to write her own posts and then she'll like start one, but then never finish it. Um, so she, you know, she understands. Well, and that's one of the challenges of, you know, homeschooling is how to like motivate your kids to keep following through with things because there's no sort of, they don't get a grade. I mean, they do, but it's mom. So what does it doesn't matter? Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so that, you know, that is part of it too. My husband gets home um, and then I go to work, you know, I, I tutor and I work from like, well, some days, you know, I tutor during the school day because I'm seeing homeschool kids. So like on Tuesdays, I have a student at eight in the morning, and then we leave at 1130. So I can take the kids to their homeschool program by noon. I teach my class from one to two. I come back and pick up the kids. We're home by about 330. I work at 415. And then I work again at seven. So that's Tuesdays are like my least favorite day ever. (laughs) Because you know, I don't I, my husband gets home, I turn over the kids, and I'm busy, and there's like a break for dinner, and that's it. Yeah. So that's, that is a big challenge that I, that I don't like. And so one of the reasons why I've been pursuing blogging is to try and shift the, I guess, the, the income source, for lack of a better word, toward my writing and, and resources that I would eventually offer through my website.
2: Well, that's wonderful. I, honestly, I, I commend you because we're also an entrepreneurial family. And mm-hmm. we also – and I'm there for a long time. I was doing the books for the stores that we have, and it wasn't just one. It was two, and then it was three. There's still, there's still things that come up. So it adds a whole other dimension because you have deadlines that you have to deal with in addition mm-hmm. to homeschooling your children, and you have to right. go, okay. But you've got the weight of projects sitting on YouTube. So it's like, okay, where's this balance? And then I added the <laughs> podcast on top of that, and I went, yep, yeah, <laughs> yep. <yeah." laughs> I do. And so I had to actually take some time and go – doing what do I want to do here so you know so I'm, I'm back now and I think I've got more of a balance because I've, I've unloaded one of the pieces off my shoulders but I, I think and like you were saying you know your schedule and having a lot of extra activities this year mm-hmm. I think you know I think that's very typical I think we we overstretch ourselves or we, we do overestimate our time mm-hmm. you know we we'll overestimate what we can what we're capable of doing so mm-hmm. it's very it's very familiar what is it that motivates you? What, what keeps you going?
1: I think sheer force of will Um, you know, I I just get in this, I just get in this mode of, you know, this is what I've committed to and this is what I'm doing. And my, my six-year-old is very much like me, um, which is why we butt heads all the time, because if she gets it in her head that she's doing it, she's doing it and nothing is going to stop her. And I'm very much like that. I'm trying to listen to God's voice more and more because I feel like I need the Holy Spirit to give me direction. I need, I need that to be my motivation. You know, I need to make sure that I am doing that which Christ, has called me to do. My prayer life has really suffered over the past year because I've just been so busy, which is, you know, a horrible excuse. That's probably when I needed it the most. So now, fortunately, just through the Catholic blogging world, there are so many Um, encouraging people that I've gotten to know and I've been able to read and it's really reminded me of where my heart needs to be and where my focus needs to be. So rather than just being bullheaded and trying to barrel my way through life, I'm trying to really open myself up to the Holy Spirit and be a vessel for for Him and not my own will. So that's where I want my motivation to be. That's where I'm working towards. (laughs) I have to sort of pull the reins on myself a lot. I get that. Uh, So do you have any blogs that you follow that you like? Oh, there are several. I have so many blogging friends. Um, I mean, and, and the funny thing is I... My my niche is so funny. Like I have, you know, I have some gifted blogs that I follow, and then I have some Catholic blogs that I follow, and then I've got some homeschooling blogs that I follow. <laughs> there, there are several. Um, you know, my good friend Annie, she blogs at a Beautiful Camouflaged Mess of a Life. She's a military mom. She's not a homeschooler, um, so I rely on her for a lot of spiritual encouragement. Gosh, there's so many. I'm going to leave somebody out, and I'm going to feel terrible about it. As far as like homeschooling, there's you know my friend Shelly Sangri She has eleven kids. She she blogs at uh, There's No Place Like Home. You know, I have a, another working mom whose blog I follow, Practical by Default. Um, then a lot of the Catholic blogs. I mean, there's there's definitely the big name ones like, you know, Catholic, um, White Catholic Life, Catholic Sisters, and all of those. Um, you know, and I write for Catholic moms, so I know a lot, of, I read a lot of the things that my colleagues there write. But also some of my good friends that I've developed through my blogging circle, so like To Jesus Sincerely, um, Prayer Wine Chocolate. There's a bunch of them out there and i I'm, I feel terrible because I know I'm forgetting. Oh, life in every limb. Like oh. I'm trying to name like all of my friends here. Um, I'll tell like, you what. I'll tell you what. What we can do is we can link it in the in in the, sure. in
2: the post. Yeah,
1: I can, and you yeah. can throw
2: them all at me and I will list them all. How's Sounds that? great.
1: Sounds good. <laughs> <All> good. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, excellent. Fine onto the next question then is what would you do differently? Oh, gosh. Uh, you know, I try not to think too much about that. Because if I do, I'll go crazy. You know, I'm I'm a melancholic, first of all, so I can get very caught up in my head. <laughs> um, okay. And so, you know, I, I try not to meditate on the things that I wish I had done, or feel like I should have done. I guess the main thing would have been, I probably should have pulled her out of school earlier, my oldest, I shouldn't have waited till the end of the year, I shouldn't have put her through all of that. I think that was really hard for all of us and then you know as far as that go or as far as other things i don't know maybe i should have made a business plan you know (laughs) um or just had a better kind of guideline as to what i wanted to do and where i wanted to go with all of this you know because i i actually started blogging like 15 years ago when i started teaching and then i i quit when my oldest was born you know and if i had kept up my writing you know all that time because my my current blog is only about 15 months old. Hmm. You know, I feel like I probably would have made a lot more headway in that aspect of my, my vocation and, and my profession. But beyond that, I can't think too much about it because, you know, like I said, I'll, I'll make myself nuts.
2: Well, I was wondering if I should rephrase the question for you. Maybe, okay. for you, maybe the question should be, what do you desire to do differently mm-hmm. next year? okay current
1: experiences yeah yeah no that's good yeah no that's better um yeah um i think i well i'm already learning how to say no which is huge i've turned down a lot of things that have come up on my plate I I can't say yes to everything. So that's one thing. And then I think approaching our schooling differently. We're not going to be doing as many activities, that's for sure. We're not doing the the hybrid program. We're not going to continue with classical education because I don't think it's the right fit for our family. I'm looking at just building our own curriculum or building my own curriculum from scratch and um, things that... I really want to look at and, and follow, um, or, well, books like different curriculum opportunities, like Michael Clay Thompson for grammar, and then, um, definitely like faith and life for theology. So there, there are different books and series and programs out there that I really want to explore and look at. I've even been looking at Sunlight, actually. I've been looking at them for years off and on because I like the emphasis on literature. But as a, as a writing teacher, I kind of want to develop my own curriculum for my kids and see how that goes. Mm-hmm. That one that's focused on what I consider to be more authentic writing instruction than a lot of the curricula that are out there right now. Right. So, right. Um, yeah, so that's what I would do differently next year, I think. I'm glad I asked. Um okay.
0: <laughs> that's, that's
2: a totally different answer than you. So does your family have a particular devotion to a saint? You know, do you pray the rosary together? Any feast day traditions, anything that strikes you as something we do on a regular basis for your family? Sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think I'll start with me. You know, I, when I get up early in the mornings, one of the things I do is exercise. We were gifted a treadmill years ago. It's like on its last legs, but I do, you know, I run, and while I run, I pray the rosary. So that, you know, pretty much starts my day off with my head in the right place, hopefully. I've been reading a lot of Edith Stein, so St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, a lot of her writing. And I've also been like digging into John Paul the Great and Yuliaris Dignitatum on the dignity of women, because I'm writing so much about what it means to be a Catholic woman and to be authentically feminine. You know, those two, Edith Stein and even Alice von Hildebrand, you know, she's not a saint, but a lot of what she wrote was just like right on. So I've been doing a lot of reading there. As far as our family's faith formation, it's very simple. I'm not very good at living liturgically because to me, I just... I didn't grow up in a home like that. I mean, I, I grew up in a solidly Catholic home. We just didn't celebrate every single feast day or a lot of things that Catholic families do, which I think is wonderful. That's just not me. And and it's okay that that's not me. I think every family's charism is different, just like, you know, there are many different charisms within the church. So for us, it's being, um, you know, daily reminders for prayer, stopping and doing whatever we're doing and praying for somebody who needs our, our prayer. You know, my husband has a, a nightly prayer routine with the kids. That's really sweet. We talk a lot about our faith and what it means to be Catholic. And during Lent, I actually put together a kind of a challenge um, through my blog called Letters of Love. And the idea is that we put together um, a series of meditations that brought in wisdom from the saints and scripture and writing prompts on a weekly basis for families to write together about their faith journey and their development through Lent in a journal. So at the end of Lent, families had like a record of their spiritual growth and development. So that was something that, that we did. I mean, because I was leading you know, this, this challenge through my blog. For me, our charism is more about discussing and reading and, and writing together and living our faith through literacy, which is you know, one of the reasons why I blog about family literacy and the idea that there are really strong bonds that can be formed, um, not only through reading together, but also through writing together. Yeah. Um, you know, and especially when you, you can see that when you look at the writings of the saints, you know, the, they had really intimate relationships um, with God expressed through their writing, um, which is beautiful. Yeah, that
2: reminds me of uh, St. Faustina. Mm-hmm. Her diary. Oh, yeah. My. You've talked a lot about writing. Matter of fact, I've written down a number of books that you've had here, which leads us on to the next question What books are on your nightstand? Um, okay. Can I just go back to that list? Of
1: <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, right now, what's on my nightstand? Um, several of my own journals where I do a lot of my writing. So that, you know, stuff for me to write. I have this little book called The Mother's Manual. It's like a little prayer book for mothers by Father Francis Coombs. He's a Jesuit. It was written in the 50s. And then I have, I have one of the Popchek's books, Greg and Lisa Popchek. My mom gave me Beyond the Birds and the Bees. So that's one of the things that's on there. And then I also have a collection of essays by Rick Bragg, who is a Southern writer. He's a humorist and I, my family's roots are in the South. So, um, you know, I, I love reading his writing because of just his style and his diction and um, the way he conveys kind of that, that Southern sensibility um, so beautifully. So I think that's what's on my nightstand right now. Yeah. Sounds about right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, how about self-care? What do you do
2: to take care of yourself?
1: Well, I work out a lot, you know, that's, that's my thing um, where that's my time for myself. I think also my writing is pretty therapeutic. I think sometimes moms feel like they have to, there's this war between you have to stay at home full time or, you know, you have to go to work full time, you know, because I'm, because I'm doing both because I'm working from home. um, I find a lot of joy in my work that I do. It's not easy. It's challenging, but it helps me kind of fulfill, I think, one of the purposes that God has put on my heart, you know, my vocation is to be a wife. My vocation is to be a mother, but I think also my vocation is to be a writer and a teacher. So being able to do that, all three of those things, I mean, that is that is kind of self care for me, yeah. you know. But I also do try to make time to hang out with my friends occasionally, do a mom's night out. My sister is close by. My mom is close by, so I spend you know time with family, and then I've also just learned to, instead of react to things that happen in my life, just to respond, be more, um, be more present and not as angry when things don't go the way I want them to go. So I I see that as a way to, to take care of myself, just learning how to be gentle with my family and with myself and the mistakes we make and the you know, even the victories that we have
2: thank you for sharing that i think
1: that's i think it's a really
2: important piece The being gentle with yourself and with your family that's that's really important well i've covered all the questions is there okay anything else that you'd like to share i want to open it up for you
1: oh well i mean i think we've talked about a lot um you know i pretty much gave you everything i could possibly think of that i would want to say you know i guess just to you know encourage moms who are sort of in the same position that you know, it, what we do may seem totally thankless and may seem worthless and useless, especially when the house is a mess and the kids, you know, somebody asks your kids, well, what did you learn today? And they're like, oh, I don't know, you know, <laughs> um, so there's no, you know, it, it seems sometimes like where everything is falling apart and, and life is just a total mess. But I think there's beauty in that chaos. There's a lot to be said for just celebrating who we are, even though it's messy and, and learning to love the place that God has put us in, because he's put us where we are for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if we can't understand it at the moment, 10, 15 years from now, we'll probably look back and say, well, this is exactly why, you know, I was in that place. Um, so, you know, I, even when it's hard, I think it's okay to, to say, I'm tired. I don't like this, but I'm going to pray. I'm going to turn to God and ask him where I'm supposed to go and ask him to open my heart. And I'm going to continue doing what I think is right. You know? And so I guess that would be what I would add.
2: Thank you so much for sharing. Well, we're finished, but at the very end here, where can listeners reach you?
1: Sure. Yeah. You can find me, um, you can find me on the web. It's www.notsoformulaic.com.
0: Thanks for listening today. The recorder I was using cut off at the end. She's found at notsoformulaic.com and Facebook at notsoformulaic, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and also at CatholicMom.com and EverydayEthisWordPress. Eve Thank you so much for listening today. This is Carrie. If you've enjoyed today's show, head over to CatholicHomeschoolMoms.com and see the faces of the women who will inspire you in your homeschooling journey. Sign up for emails and get direct access to the transcripts and links to information shared in today's podcast. Everyone has a story to tell. Share yours too. Connect with us on our Facebook page at Catholic Homeschool Moms or on Twitter at Catholic HS Mom and on Google Plus at Catholic Homeschool Moms. I can't wait to meet you.